I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is a, I just that said is sad clown. Dude, that's pretty good. This is the Bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Pack. Exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. I, I'm guessing you uh, you're not wearing a shirt. Is that why we can't see your camera? You are wearing a shirt and a sweater. You look you're so great. professional. It's chilly in here. <laughs> Time we've got our man Folsom, who is uh, former site Q and also our current second F Q in uh, Pony Express. Um, looking out of breath, he must have just got done running. But we're we're excited to spend some time getting to know our man Folsom. And, um, Left out a flag maker extraordinaire. And, and flag maker extraordinaire. Uh, the flag man. Folsom, wondering if you would just give us the, the backstory. Uh, how long have you been F3? Who brought you out? And uh, why the name Folsom? Where does that come from? Yeah. Um, so I'm actually coming up on three years. Uh, May 24th is my three year anniversary. So I'm only a, I'm a month behind the Redwoods and F3 in Omaha. Um, so I, yeah, when I started, it's funny cause there wasn't even like an everyday workout option. And most days there was, well, pretty much every day there was only one when there was, there was Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And uh, so that now it's crazy that we have like, like six a day uh, every day. Um, Folsom came from the, uh, the end of the first workout. It was out at the maze and uh, a couple of the guys knew me. And so when I was, you know, doing the awkward <laughs> stammering of trying to tell about myself, uh, someone said, well, you like music, right? And I said, well, yeah, I like all country. And someone said like Johnny Cash. And I was like, not really. And then someone yelled out Folsom and that was it. <laughs> that was history. Uh, what's really kind of crazy about that is uh, I had a German Shepherd for ten years, and uh, favorite, just favorite pet of all time, just awesome dog. And I put her to sleep in 2014. She got too, way just way too old, and uh, but her name was Folsom because I am a big fan of Johnny Cash, and so I named her after my favorite Johnny Cash song. So that was, and none of the, well, Brazilian was there and he knew it because he knew Folsom, but he wasn't the one that suggested Folsom. So it's just kind of crazy how that came up. Um, the EHing was Brazilian, uh, like, you know, 95% of the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah. And so him and I have been buddies for a long time. Like we go back to like early 2000s um, when he was in law school. Um, he was a law clerk in my office. And then um, we were we were both at the time dating uh, West Side girls that were all kind of part of a friend group. So we went to a ton of weddings together and, and all that stuff. And uh, so when he reached out to me, um, I was in a bad place because I'd just moved out. 
uh, from my home with my wife and kids and had spent probably just a month coming home from work and getting drunk. And uh, I don't know, someone told me this and it's true. You find out how you, who your friends are when you get divorced. And um, I hadn't, him and I had talked a little bit or whatever, but I hadn't really seen him. And so kind of drunk one time, called him out a little bit. And uh, he was smart and he didn't respond. Um, he didn't engage. But then the next day, uh, text me and I actually was not drinking that day and said, you know, like, it's like nine o'clock at night. And he goes, are you still up? I was like, yeah, it's like nine o'clock. And he goes, well, you better get to bed soon. I'm picking you up tomorrow at 515, you know, be outside. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he just responded like, don't make me honk. <laughs> and he did he did send me a link to F3 Omaha. And so I checked out the website and immediately what jumped off the page at me was faith. And so I asked him, I was like, is this a cult? And his response was maybe. (laughs) (laughs) um, He told me to bring gloves. And I was like, dude, if you want me to help you bury a body, like just say so, like, (laughs) you know, we're tight like that. And he's like, well, you never know what we might be doing or something like that. So I get, you know, I get up and I am, I'm waiting outside. I got my gloves on and uh, we get out to the maze. And as we're pulling up, some guy's taking a shovel out of the back of his car and stick it in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, oh my God, we are digging a hole. <laughs> that's an awesome story, man. I, that's cool to kind of hear some of the insight on uh, Brazilian de-aging strategy too. I just, you just give the guy a time and say, don't make me honk. You know, that's yeah. uh, that's brilliant. Um, I, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing that too, because um, there's something about timing, you know, and, and when you age guys and just where they're at in their life, that's um, pretty cool. Uh, talk us through, I, those were a couple of really good stories, but any other uh, favorite moments over the last three years that, that you can think of that just stand out maybe above the others or um, any highlights that you would share? You know, I, I always remember my first workout and I, like I said, it was at the, at the maze. I don't remember who the site queue was. Um, I think it took me about three months before I realized that there was like one person in charge of the workout even. But I just remember we took off in the dark and we go jogging down this path. And then, you know, by the time we circled up, I was already out of breath. And we're doing some exercises and I'm just getting further and further out of breath. And after like the five exercises, the guy goes, and that concludes the warm up. And I really <laughs> like I'm sucking wind, and I'm like the warm up, what? And so then we take off running again, and like every time we ran somewhere, we got further away from our cars. And so I was like, this panic was setting in, like, well, guys, we got to get back to our cars <laughs> at some point. <laughs> like, let's stop running further away because that's just more running we're gonna have to do. So, um, yeah, so I've come a long way and I do love, I love to share that story with people because, you know, like, I feel like, you know, some guys always feel bad when they first get out there and they're always in the back or whatever. And it's like, we all, you know, not all of us, I mean, plague was probably always in the front, but we all, you know, some of us anyway, have spent time in the back and, and know what it's like. So. Well, and that's kind of the beauty of all of it. I mean, I've definitely had played the role of being the six. Um, 
you know, my, those first few workouts were tough. And I, I tell the story all the time too. Like I came in thinking that I was in peak physical form uh, and that just didn't end up being the case. And so, yeah, I've definitely been the six with you. It's really cool that, you know, I always remember my first one too. It's just, I mean, it just sticks with you. And, you know, for it to inspire you so much to kind of take on a leadership role, you know, to be a psych you, maybe you can kind of talk about why you wanted to do that, how that came about, you know, kind of tell us about how you launched heavy metal. Yeah. So when I, way back when, when I was about to turn 40, I thought to myself, I'm not going to take this lane down. Uh, for some reason turning 30 never bothered me, but turning 40, I felt like that was turning old. So I got a, uh, a weight program, like one of those, you know, like arm day, leg day, chest day kind of workouts and did it for like nine months before I turned 40 and just, and it was at five 30 in the morning. So, and it was, you know, it was the ritual and the routine of going in there and lifting and I really liked it and I didn't do any cardio. And so that was probably part of the reason why I was dying so much. So I kept that up because, so let's see for, yeah, cause I did about two years of that before F3. And so that was one of the things I always talked about whenever we were running somewhere or whatever, I was like, well, God, we could just, you know, go find some, something heavy to lift. I'd be so much better than trying, <laughs> trying to run laps around this lake or whatever it was we were doing. And so wait time um, approached me that winter um, after I'd been there about six months or so and said, he's like, you know, I kind of want to do a specialized one where it would be about weightlifting. And they had that in uh, Natville where he's, you know, was originally from and he talked about it. And I think it was even called heavy metal down there too. So when he started talking to me about being a site cue, I, you know, I thought, wow, I really need to get engaged because I was, uh, I would come probably about three times a week. Some weeks it would only be about twice and so then I started going, you know, to all of them. So I'm like, if I'm going to open a site, I got these guys got to know my face and and want to come out and work out with me. And so that I think, and I don't know if it was intentional on his part or not, but he is he's a genius because it got me to completely buy in at that. You know, I was, you know, like I said, only coming to, you know two or three times a week, and then that got me 100% engaged to where I was coming every day that we had a workout. And I think at that point we did have probably the woodshed on Fridays. And so, you know, I made it, I made sure I was there every Saturday and, and just really bought in and, and it's been awesome ever since. And so, yeah, doing, doing the site launching that was just uh, awesome, you know? Um, and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It makes you feel almost I don't know, like a parent or something like you're, it's your kid, you know? <laughs> and so you're proud of it. Um, I'm so glad to see where it's at today and you just feel responsible for it. And, and um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that. And I, we've talked about this too, Folsom, but you know, I, at first we had paradise, right? The, kind of the running AO and then you launched heavy and, you know, selfish me was like, they're going to steal all of our guys. And really what I think we both learned through that is like, 
you just expand the number of guys you can serve because now you can serve guys that are looking for two different things instead of just serving a guy who wants to run. Now you can serve both the guy that likes running and the guy that doesn't. And that, um, I think just watching the growth of both of those kind of specialty workouts over time has been, has been really cool, but your, your leadership has been amazing. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm curious a couple things. So you were recently attributed at the, um, at the big convergence for a three year as one of the guys that kind of kicked off our COTs being so impactful. And, and I wanted to hear from you what in what like kind of triggered you to, to feel comfortable being vulnerable to set that domino effect? Like how, how you know, or, or maybe it wasn't a, a certain thing, but just kind of curious your thoughts on like, where were you at or what, what kind of drove you to, to get to that level with the guys? Yeah. So I'm pretty positive what he's talking about was around Thanksgiving when I was queuing at the woodshed and the, the theme was thankfulness. And so my COT was just about how thankful I was for F3 Omaha. And uh, like I said earlier, like I was just, I was heading down the wrong path. I was in a, in a dark place. I was uh, angry, uh, you know, abusing alcohol and not taking care of myself and not being a good uh, friend or parent or anything. And um, you know, luckily I, I was out there on the front steps when Brazilian pulled up and went to that workout and, and, you know, it's like, it's like, I think they pretty much nailed it in the book. It was the fact that I was sucking wind so bad that made me want to come back. I was like, that was hard. That was, ter- I'm in terrible shape. I thought I wasn't, thought I was a beast because I was still going to the gym and lifting weights, but I was like, I, yeah, I'm in terrible shape. I need this. And so that kept me, you know, got me to come back. And then once, and you know, and once you kind of start making some connections, some friendships and people were just, you could tell that people honestly cared about you. Like, um, you know, Waffle House was one of those guys that like, if you, if you were next to him during a exercise, he, he was talking to you about, well, how, you know, how was your weekend? How's the family? What, what are your kids up to? And, and a lot of guys were like that. And so you, you start to feel comfortable around guys and you go through that, that shared suffering of the, of the exercise and in the gloom and everything. And it, it makes you just feel a lot closer. So as I'm giving that, you know, COT and talking about how thankful I am for F3 Omaha, I talked a lot about that, about you know, the road I was going down and, and the and the wrong path and that kind of thing and how it saved me. And I'm, I was just so thankful for everyone there. And, you know, I, I guess I didn't think of it as being any sort of sea change or, you know, watershed moment or whatever. It was just me just being honest, you know, and sharing my feelings. And I think part of what led me there, I guess, is when you when you go through something like a divorce like it kind of tears you open and it's like a wound almost. And I think you kind of have two choices. You can either pretend like it never happened. And I know people that are divorced and like people they work with every day don't know that they're divorced, you know, (laughs) or, you know, so it's like, because I get, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I mean, there's all kinds of feelings there, 
or the other option is, is you just own it. You just, you know, you be open and, and talk about it. And I found, you know, through doing that, through talking about the mistakes I made and the, and the pain and all that stuff and how hard it was on the kids and everything that, um, more and more people have come up to me and, and shared that they've gone through something, you know, um, you know, maybe not as severe as a divorce, but like had marital problems, had this or that in their, in their background. And so it's, um, it was awesome for me to open up and share that and to get an immediate response. I mean, it was like, I'm walking back to my car and someone comes up to me and it's like, Hey man, just want you to know, like, I've gone through some pretty terrible stuff in my marriage too. Like, you know, you're not alone and, Oh, and what a weight uh, that takes off your shoulders, you know, because I felt like I was on an island. And to be yourself, to own that and then to be loved despite your mistakes, despite, you know, to have guys just come around. Yeah. I've had similar feeling and, um, yeah, I, I love it, man. I, I definitely love your story and have been impacted by you in many ways. Um, I, I do want to kind of get your opinion. You mentioned um, free to lead, you know, when you mentioned the book, uh, I think that's a book you're referencing. Um, it's, it's the book for, for me too, or one of the books, but um, tell me where, where do you see yourself at when you look at uh, fitness fellowship and faith and those three F's, where do you feel like you, um, you know, have, have accelerated where you're kind of trying to focus your time nowadays or where, where do you see yourself at in the that kind of continuum? Yeah. I, I, you know, I love that question because I've, um, I've held on to my copy of free to lead. Um, I got it from, I think I got it from a friend, uh, walk on, I think walk on gave me his copy and I, t- and but it's autographed. It's got Dread and OBT signed on there. And so I thought it was like pretty awesome, you know, unique or whatever. And it turns out, I think they probably did that to all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's why I said I was keeping it. I was like, I'm keeping it. This thing's autographed. Um, but so I read it that first winter. So again, like, so I started at the end of May. And then that first winter when I was going to be a site queue, I'm like, well, you know, I got to read the book free to free to lead. And so as you're reading all that, like, I remember like texting wait time, like probably annoying the shit out of him. Cause it was just like every other paragraph was a light bulb going off. Like, Oh my God, I was a sad clown. Oh yeah. I did the, you know, I did like the Pogo 20, but I still did it, you know, and then all everything just, all kinds of, uh, you know, bells and stuff are going off of like, it's, they're telling me about my life, you know, it was unbelievable. And so then this past winter with, uh, with the pandemic and everything, I don't know, I just felt like revisiting it. So I read the book again. And so let's see, so I would have joined in 2018. So I'm reading it in, you know, 2020, 2021. So almost three years later. And I felt like I was on the other side of a lot of the stories. Um, like the the one that stands out is the um, the guy, um, the first timer who, you know, his first workout, he tries to keep up and, and the, they have to keep coming back to pick up the six and and he feels terrible that they're waiting on him and, and all this stuff. So at the end of the workout, he sees the cue and, uh, 
uh, over by his car and he goes over to, to, t to apologize. And the Q just turns around and, and, you know, and says, don't apologize. Like we are here for you. And when I first read it, I was, you know, I felt like I was that guy that was sucking wind that was keeping everybody up. And so it was like, awesome to hear that. Like, no, we're, you're the reason we're here. And then the second time I read it, like, it was flipped. I was the guy who was admiring his pecs <laughs> in the window, which I am known to take my shirt off. So it really fit. Uh, but, you know, but yeah, like now I'm the guy that can be out front and leading, but I'm here for them. You're here for everyone else. And so I, yeah, I feel like you, you, you blow through the first uh, two Fs pretty quickly. It's obviously it's all about fitness and then you start to really love the fellowship. And then once you start like hitting that faith, um, you know, for me, it was like um, going down to that food bank and just helping out. And then, you know, it was more of a, just like a, I'm not doing anything that night. And all I like, you know, these five guys are going, I know them, it'll be fun. And, you know, and you get out there and you, and you see what a need it is and, and, you know, those kind of things. Um, and I've always had some community things that are kind of near and dear to my heart. Um, working, you know, in juvenile law, um, anything that has to do with kids uh, means a lot to me. And um, like toy drives in Christmas, uh, coat, winter coat drives, those kind of things like have always meant a lot to me. And so it's been great that we've, we've done some of those things for, you know, through F3 and, um, yeah, I think just being aware of of something greater than you, of that sense of community, and wanting to um, give back. Yeah, no, I, I love what you said on hitting all 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 three of the Fs. You know, I completely agree on you blow through that first F so quick. Um, you, you know, everyone comes for the fitness, and it's the other stuff that you know comes along the way. The cafeterias, the the times, the two club conundrum, stuff like that, that, you know, ends up making and forging these bonds that will carry on. Well, I mean, well beyond and outside of the workout piece. Right. And that's so important. And so I, I'm super thankful that we have those opportunities and I'm super grateful for your leadership in the, in the second half key role. I mean, without you guys, you know, some guys aren't, aren't getting their buckets filled in those areas. And so I'm just super grateful that we even had those opportunities and super grateful for you. So for you, what was that sticky stuff that kept you coming back? Man? It was, it was the, the friendships built, you know, it was the, the, just the huge FOMO of when you, when you don't post of wondering, well, what the hell, what funny thing happened? You know, what, what crazy thing did Ponzi say or, <laughs> uh, um, you know, and coffee and just, yeah, just being able to catch up. And I, you know, the biggest and best laughs I think I have all week are at cafeteria. My, the stories they tell and like, <laughs> touche, said this at a cafeteria and it's, it is seriously, I, I never laughed so hard in my life. We were, we were talking about how, you know, Bloodshot has that um, exorbitant eye care. And someone was asking where it was, and Touche says, well, it's right, it's on Center Street, it's right next to the Brazilian wax place. 
He goes, I always set up appointment. At, I always set up those appointments back to back. Yeah, I'll spit my coffee all over Othello. Like I, oh, I laughed so hard at just the thought of Touche going in and getting his eyes checked and then getting a Brazilian <laughs> wax. So it's believable too, right? It could happen. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and so I think and stuff like that was kind of my fuel for for wanting to run a second F, you know, get a get that Twitter handle out there and start coming up with ideas for events and stuff because there is like there's just so much fun you can have with these guys that you would never ever have known otherwise, you know? Yeah. Hey, hey there I was gonna ask you because as the second F Q, you know, what's we used to do some things where we would like, you know, really say, okay, guys, make it your goal this month to hit this many cafeterias or engage in a first Friday lunch or, but what's the, like, if, like what's the best way for a guy to engage in the second half? If you maybe like, you know, is it just coffee or are there other ways? And then I guess the second part of that question would be like, if somebody has an idea, what's the best way for them to kind of, get that going they just reach out to you or what what um how does that work yeah well you know we're all free to lead um so i i kind of look at my you know position as just being more like a cheerleader for guys and so if you you know like we were doing pop-ups now that the weather's getting nice i thought we had a good kind of going last year with just different guys hosting pop-ups and they want to do a workout at, at a a park near their house or maybe even in their own backyard and then have some beer and stuff like that. So it's like, you want to do that? Great. You, you plan it, you pick the date, you pick the time, you tell me about it and I will put it on Slack. I'll put it on Twitter. I'll talk about it at announcements and just kind of, you know, cheerlead that and, you know, get some guys out. And I think like, I absolutely love coffee. I have that luxury of being able to go after a workout and spend another half an hour there hanging out with you guys. Like I always thought like, why do we start at five 30? Can't we do a workout at six? <laughs> Let's go six to seven. I'd be, I'd be fine with that. But a lot of, a lot of guys can't, they got to get, they got little kids they got to get home to, or, you know, help get up and get ready, or they got an early start to their job. And so coffee's not going to work for you. I, I would urge people to try to figure it out at least maybe once a week, you know, even if it's a Saturday, um, or if you can, you know, make a deal with your wife that you get a Monday or something to come home late, like, I think it's totally worth it. It's just, it's, you know, you can talk. You can't do that all the time when you're doing burpees and, and running laps and stuff. And, and then those guys, some of those guys, like, you know, like me, I enjoy a happy hour. So, you know what, if you, if you think you got a bar that you like, and, you know, we were doing trivia back before the pandemic, we got kind of got into that. And I know that like that brought guys out that didn't even drink. They would come and have water and play trivia with us. That's awesome. Right. You don't need to have a beer to hang out and have a good time. That's fine. And so there, you know, it's just different ways of trying to get people engaged to be more involved. And again, um, those have been some of the best times where I'm sitting and talking to a guy that maybe I've seen at one or two workouts but then we're hanging out playing trivia together and you get a lot more of a conversation you get to know each other better. Um, and it's just always positive. I think, um, I don't know. I've, I've had this theory on F3 
in that it's all good dudes. And the reason is, is, is the guys that come once and don't ever come back, they don't like it. I think those guys are assholes. And so F3, you know, something about it, we, the assholes weed themselves out. And then there's guys like me that were like probably borderline assholes, but F3 has taken that out of me. You know, it's made me a, a much more appreciative, friendly, outgoing, you know, understanding kind of person. And so I think F3, you're not going to find an asshole in F3 because either they're so big at it, they don't, they don't like it and they don't come back or, you know, through time, all these good influences, uh, you know, work them into being a good person. And I think you're, you're yeah. hitting on some pretty profound stuff right now. Cause you know, <laughs> I always joke a plague, uh, we outdoel each other for who has the biggest ego. So <laughs> F3 has definitely been a tool that we've used that have humbled us, whether that be throughout workouts, whether that's at a book club and someone, or just a PAX member reaching out and saying, Hey, what's going on? What, walk, walk me through how you're working through this problem and just giving you a different perspective than the one that you have. So I think, you know, you're hitting something right on the head there. And, you know, I notice it too with myself. Plague is a good person that I bounce a lot of ideas off of. Um, Tater Tot's another one. Super, super wise guys that are just able to give me some real honest feedback when I need it. Um, and then, you know, you get Huffy leading a brickyard beat down or something like that. And that'll humble you, humble you pretty quick too. So... <laughs> Just there are some components there that really can help change um, for the better. And, and I think you're hitting right on the head, man. Yeah. Yeah. Only thing I would say is, is uh, maybe not assholes, just sad clowns in denial. You know, I think, uh, you know, those guys come back sometimes and I, I um, I'm with you as far as being borderline that way. And I, I still, there are some days where, I'm, I revert back to my old sad clown ways and, and have to get, you know, dig out of it. Um, but, but there's definitely something special about the guys that are coming to F3 for sure, man. I love that perspective. Least favorite workout exercise and why? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, what is it? It's that thing that's like an eight count. Like there's a burpee, a plank jack. You know what I'm talking about? Absol absolution yeah. or whatever. Yes. I hate absolution, um, <laughs> mostly because it seems to require a level of coordination I don't possess. <laughs> like, we got to do 10 of them, and I think I get it right by, like, the 10th one, you know? And, I have the same problem, man. I, I just am convinced that I don't have any rhythm. Yeah, right, yeah. Like, hey, four count? I can get four movements. But then when you get all the way up to eight, it's like I'm just lost. I'm just I'm throwing in a plank jack at random times, and yeah, I yeah I, I hear you for that. That's uh, that, that's how do you do on the dyno? The dyno <laughs> must be tough for you then too. <laughs> that was hard. Well, this yeah, the dyno is just like we're just gonna stand in a plank forever or or whatever, hold the plank forever, and then we're gonna do some merkins, you know, and then yeah, yeah. Well, Steinle, I thought for the longest time it was like some war cry that just wait time yelled every single time he was on the queue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, kind of last question here to wrap us up um, on a lighter note here. 
what uh i guess what piece of advice would you give to an f and g oh boy um i think just lean in you know if it's uh just lean in because this is an amazing group of guys and like i said the more that i felt like i was vulnerable and open the more support i got and uh you know plague said something earlier that, that was that was profound and fantastic and it's just like being showing who i was you know warts and all mistakes and all and still getting a feeling of being loved was just life-changing you know um yeah so i think that's what i would say to guys is lean in like listen you can come for the fitness it's definitely going to do you some favors and you can even get in with the fellowship and you know maybe meet some guys to go golf with on the weekend or whatever but if you really want it to change your life then just just fully lean in be open be vulnerable and and just it's amazing what will come back to you Awesome, man. Hey, Folsom, this is really, this has been fun. Um, I love hearing your story. And I, and I just, I think it's funny, right? Because just like free to leave, when guys are listening to your story, there are elements where they hear their own story. And I think that's um, so cool just to be able to hear it straight from you. And I wonder if you would just take us out with the standard uh, name Rama, just the, the old... Uh, <laughs> Name, name, age, and uh, and, and nickname. All right, uh, Harry Strovers, forty-five, Folsom, Folsom, Folsom. Good job, man.